Hey, it's Playboys! Hello! Several of us, boys. That was a very long intro, I gotta say. But it was jaunty. Yeah, you've already lost half the audience. So, (laughs) half of zero. It was jaunty. (laughs) Um, No, I like a much longer intro than that. Uh, But hey, we got myself, we got the Dean, we got Playboy Alex here to talk about a play, and we're joined, always the occasional treat, by Dark Place Robert. Hello. Who's wearing a onesie? <laughs> they don't need to know that. Well, you've lost your credentials. So, oh. <laughs> Light place, Robert, now. Yes. No. It's a lion onesie. Be... Lions are pretty dark. Right. <laughs> right. So what are we doing We're today? We're talking about Titus Andronicus, <laughs> um, and specifically because we went to see it at the Globe Theatre at the Shakespeare Theatre in London. Yay! So we all watched it. I have since read it, and we can give a short um, recap of it. But, you know, yeah, I'll talk about what happens in the play as usual, but I also feel like it'll be more fun to focus a little bit more on, on our actual viewing experience, as you know, more than just, like, scene by scene in the text, you know? Yeah, it's not like we're doing this for, you know, A-levels and stuff. It's essentially a bonus talk about, you know? Yeah, yeah. But children um, st- should still know about the play. Children definitely need to. Yes, I agree. Um, don't bring your children to it, probably. <laughs> so we're decided that this is the most gruesome of Shakespeare's plays? Yeah. I'm, um, it is I'm not his goriest play. So it's his goriest play, but it's not his deadliest play. It's one of the Henrys that's the deadliest. Hmm. With like, uh, I don't know how many. But yeah, uh, definitely... Um, Covers some uncomfortable topics that, yeah, 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 children probably shouldn't be around for. It covers men killing men, killing men, killing children, killing women, killing clients. Killing flies. <laughs> so that was a reference to a That's song. A song. Um, yeah. they, the version we saw, so they, they split it into two halves and each half started and ended with a, with a song. Um, so you get a nice little entourage, which is a nice kind of retro thing to do um, that preludes to the, the the part of the show that's coming up, which is always nice. Um, but the songs were good. I thought they were a nice little improvement to the to the play. I thought they were all right. A bit unnecessary, but I think, like, I'd still listen to them. I, I should say not not all right. They were good. They were good. But I don't feel like they were absolutely necessary. For the viewing experience. Uh, yeah, I mean, not necessary, but I mean, you like them as well, Robert, right? I did, yeah. No, I didn't think they were necessary, but none of it was actually necessary. But the plays <laughs> or the, the songs actually, they really just punctuated the entire thing. They kind of created this, this is where the play is going to start. This is where it's finished. And then they had another play that kind of got you, that settled you after the intermission. Yes. So I think they were good, kind of. They, you know, they, did it they were good like hooks into the play. They, they did it like a musical does. You have the first song to get everyone excited, then you have the one right before the intermission to kind of like relax and calm down, and then you have another exciting one to bring everyone back after intermission. So yeah, yeah, and then the last song was like the reprise of the first, right? Yep. Mm. So what was interesting to me is that it was an all female cast of Titus, which. I would have to say I was very, very concerned about at the beginning. 
And then after watching it, I had no reason to be concerned. It was perfect. It's just, yeah, a play full of murder and rape doesn't seem like the one that the all-female cast would necessarily choose to do. Yeah. I was thinking about like why I had concerns about it, and it was mostly due to watching another one with uh, gender swapping and having some plays where they really push messages that yeah. are unnecessary or they detract from the play. I was kind of uh, worried that that was, you know, is it going to be some yeah. sort of like, I mean, I'm a feminist, but I didn't want them to change Shakespeare into some kind of weird, like ultra feminist version or something. Like, I'm glad that they just stuck with the original bar, bar the last scene, which we'll get to later, but they more or less 90, 95% just copied the original dialogue, you know? But yeah, it, the overall acting performance, uh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm being critical of it, but I'm just trying to be critical of anything. Uh, it's, yeah, it's and really hard to a lot to criticize. To be fair, yeah. If if there's anything I'm going to be super critical of, it's the costumes were terrible. Absolutely. They all wore the jumpsuits. Yeah. Exactly, they were in jumpsuits and the same and braided hair. Same braided hair. Which why that, it was it, it was it, was it had some function behind it because they were playing multiple roles and it allowed them to kind of blend into each role that they needed to play. Some it was only about what six hmm. of them in the cast, seven. No, no, I think it was like up to 12, something like that. I would have said in between that it's a 10, who knows. <laughs> but it's I interesting. It yesterday. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you did you look at it? Yeah, yeah. Apparently uh, Tamara, uh, she was like, she had a one part in uh, Sandman. Okay. Very small part. I didn't part realize. Well, if you look at oh, it, we'll, we'll take your, if you say 12, you must be right then, because we're just focused. Well, no, no, I don't remember as well. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. But no, it is interesting because um, something I think they did very, very well was they added in some jokes. I mean, without even necessarily changing the script, they just interpreted a couple of minor scenes in more amusing ways, which I think just lightened up the whole thing. The bit with the boy falling in the pit and the yes. bit with the fly, for example, because there's a lot of man killing man killing man, right? Like they just managed to make it a little bit livelier without actually changing the dialogue. Yes. Yeah, so it wasn't entirely all doom and gloom. You weren't completely bombarded. It was a range of emotions that you could experience throughout the play, but it was actually, uh, I can't remember the name of the actress who um, played those parts, but she was absolutely my she was the highlight of the play for me yeah Bo Holland yeah. is her name Bo Holland what was her name Bo Holland so yeah uh I have it pulled up yeah there are 10 actresses in it yeah okay um, yep so Dean was right but <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh she was really really funny so the thing we should probably do in talking about this play is so there's a rape scene where one of the characters her hands are cut off her tongue is cut out and she's raped and it is heavy uh you, it doesn't happen on stage but uh, you you get everything leading up to it mm-hmm. and then you also get what happens after so there's directly before and directly after and you have a com- comedic scene right in the middle to really punctuate those two points but also to make it so it's not so heavy at the same time yeah I'll be honest, I, I like to read the plays and take them in their original context, but what you know, watching a three hours of non-stop heaviness would have been tough, so I think they did well to lighten up at times. But also, just that scene you mentioned, that, that the when she comes on after the rape scene, and when we watch it, it's so emotional and there's such despair. Uh, the actual reading of the, blood and... Right? 
Yeah, I, I was going to cry. She was just yeah. a fantastic actress. They did a fantastic job because when you actually read the play, that's all kind of rushed. It's just like, yeah. oh yeah, here she is. And okay, next. That is the thing about, uh, yeah, uh, about directing it. You have to give time. It's not just what's on the page. It's what you can add to what's on the page. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, they did a fantastic job. Who would have thought that if we went to the Globe that they would have put on a good Shakespeare, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's three actresses that I really want to say were fantastic. So there's Bo Holland, which we already mentioned. She was so funny. Really interesting to watch. Georgia May Myers, she was uh, Lavinia. and Oh, yes. So, so emotional. And then Katie Stevens, uh, who played Titus. Uh, she had such gravitas. Such, she controlled the stage every time she was on there. And I, I really could believe her as that general. That's what I was wonder wanting from them. It was someone who is a general, mm. someone I can see leading an army. And Katie Stevens did it. Yeah. No, I would agree. Yeah. Mm. No, it was a fantastic and, cast, actually. Yeah. And, and props to the, I don't know her name, but props to the one girl who kind of filled in. You know, she was reading one of the parts last minute. She had the, the words yes. there. But, but you know, she wasn't. I mean, you said you've seen this before, Alex. I never had. She wasn't like, you know, reading it. She was still acting it. She was just you'd be able to glance down now and again because she hadn't like over rehearsed the part like the others had. She, she still 90%. did a superb job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've seen that done before for one other play that was uh, someone had to go for a funeral and uh, mm. couldn't attend, so they had to get someone up last minute. But yeah, just doesn't they don't look at this? They're professional at filling in. And yeah, because that's, that's I yeah. was worried. I was like, oh no, are we just going to have someone who's looking at this for, for like the first time? You know, like reading it off the paper no no it's, it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah saturninus was the uh uh actor or the character yeah saturninus 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 whatever <laughs> so let's do that. i'm not gonna go like the full 60 minute in-depth treatment but let's kind of skim through what happens um a little bit so it's set in rome we've got saturninus that's the son of the emperor and his brother Bassian, Bassan, Bassianus. the emperor is <laughs> dead and those two need to figure out which of them will succeed and it's it's saturninus um and titus and titus andronica it does it done the end <laughs> a three-line play now interestingly though Titus has been away for years conducting wars and things like that. He's a, kind of a general, as you say. He's a nobleman, um, set in Rome, by the way, in case that wasn't clear. Um, he said he's buried like 20 sons on the battlefield or something like that. He only ever comes home for funerals, basically. And he's just like, um, you know, warring all the time. Why does he get to choose the emperor? Was that ever really made clear? I thought it was the Tribunes that uh, did in the original play. They were all kind of around while all this was happening. The so Tribunes were... are around, but I feel like he was kind of... He was there to kind of like, you know, sway the vote or something. I don't know. I guess he was just an influential, you know, person. He has a bunch of sons as well, and his brother, Marcus. Um, that's kind of the main cast, other than obviously Aaron the Murr. And you mentioned already um, Tamora, the Queen of the Goths. Um, Mar so Marcus, the brother, Lucius, Quintius, Martius, and Mucius are the sons of Titus, and Lavinia, who you mentioned, is the daughter. Uh, and then, of course, Tamara has some kids as well. She has Alarbus, who I don't actually remember, Chiron, and Demetrius. Yeah, Alarbus is uh, the, artist, the one who is chopped into bits at the beginning. 
Uh, also played by the same woman who uh, played Lavinia, the daughter of Titus. Ah, pretty which good. I did not remember. Um, now, the play yeah. has young Lucius. That's Lucius's son and Mark and um, Titus's grandson. Mm. I don't remember seeing him. They weren't really necessary, I don't think. No, they no. talked about. Yeah, and That's I think fair. they were like the the final act, the final scene. Uh, it says like two lines. Yeah. I just was, wasn't sure if that was a slight difference or not. So the main difference is the ending, which we'll get to in a minute, but scene is set in Rome. Um, quick, quick synopsis of like Act 1. We basically start with the stuff we mentioned. They're going to choose the Emperor. Saturninus and Bassanius both wanted to be them, but a captain comes in and announces that great General Titus has, has arrived back, and these guys should essentially send their crowds home and pause their business because Titus is taking precedence right now. So he's very respected and he's brought with him some some goth prisoners, essentially Tamora and her children and, and a few, there'll be a few other three extras. Sons, yeah. yeah. Now the interesting thing is he says that to make a sacrifice to Rome, he must kill her eldest son and that's the Alarbus, the one I couldn't remember the name of. Is that where it all like that is where it all goes wrong, right? Like, yeah, would this have been very different if he had shown her a little bit of niceness, a little bit of mercy? I think so. Uh, I'd say, I don't know, because like Titus's son also died on the battlefield. I think it was also kind of a quid pro quo type thing. You killed mine, I kill yours. You have a thought on this, Robert? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no thoughts at all. No thoughts at all. I came heavily underprepared for this, by the way, oh. guys. Well, all I'm asking <laughs> you is, you know, at the beginning, you know, yes, Titus's sons died in battle, which I think is, that's fair game if you're going to go to battle. But the opening scene is basically, Tamara says, please don't kill my son as a sacrifice to mark your victory. And Titus is like, yeah, we're going to, we're just going to kill your son really for no reason. And that sets everything in motion. And I'm like, yeah, he kind of is the good guy, but he really made the first bad move here, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm wondering... Well, are, are they just prepared to be portrayed as goths, though? They would have done it anyway? They might have. I suppose we don't know. They might have. I, I don't, don't think he helped. No. I think what also made it go wrong was so Lavinia or the emperor wanted to marry Lavinia so Saturninus becomes emperor uh he wants to marry Lavinia Lavinia kind of runs off with her the brother basically <laughs> Bassianus uh, Bassianus yeah and then so he's like all right I'm gonna marry Tamara like okay you're gonna marry the woman who already has or wants to take revenge on your country yeah that's yeah smart. That was interesting, yeah. He's going to marry Lavinia. So Titus essentially helps to choose which of them will be emperor. And then as a reward for his service, the emperor then says, I'll marry your daughter. And then his brother is like, no, she's mine somehow. I'm assuming they had a pre-agreement on that maybe because he's like, I'm just taking what's mine already. So the emperor's like, cool, I'll just take this slave goth queen that you've brought with you and she will enact her revenge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that is what happens. And that's it. Yeah, that's that's kind of how you, that's most of that's Act One actually. That's all of Act One basically. Um, Titus. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I actually don't remember 
sorry to cut across there. I don't remember a lot from this particular scene. Not a lot, whole lot was happening on stage for that. Um, I, I, I'll apologize here. I actually haven't read the play. I've only witnessed it. But uh, this scene didn't really jump out at me at all. I actually agree. I got more from it reading it. It's the only scene that I got more from reading than watching. Um, as we watched this opening act, I wasn't sure how good the play was going to be. Then it became a fantastic play as we went along. So I think that's fair. Hmm. Act two, we have Aaron, who is the mirror. He is the kind of, kind of attendant on Tamora, I guess. Yeah, but also kind of lover. Yeah, he is <laughs> we, unofficially we get into that, I think, lover. In, near the end of act two or something. Yeah. So Demetrius and Chiron, they both want Lavinia, even though she's already been claimed by the Emperor and his brother. They're just like, cool, I guess we will also claim her. So yeah, but she's married now to Bassanius. Bassianus is like, cool, well, she's a woman, so she can be wooed. She can be seduced. She is Lavinia, so she must be loved or something like that. And so Aaron's like, cool, well, how about instead of competing and fighting with each other to see which one of you can cuckold the Emperor's brother, how about... You both you just, just rape, rape her. her. <laughs> and they're just like, yep, that, that works as a plan. And this is the first bit where I'm like, oh, this is not going in a nice direction. So if you're new to this play, this is where you're like, oh, okay. And it only gets worse. It only gets so, worse. I don't know if there's much in between, but basically, yeah, they uh, get the Emperor's brother and Slovenia alone. They're out like hunting or something. And kill the emperor's brother. <laughs> yeah, Titus asks the emperor to go hunting, and they all kind of go out, and that's the reason. That's essentially just sets up why they're all scattered around outside, basically, so yeah. these things can happen. So they kill Bas- Bassianus. Like, you want to see Bassanius? They kill Bassianus. Put him in a pit. Put him in a pit. Do they rape her on his corpse, or do they just say that but don't actually do it? I don't remember that part. I think uh... they allude to that. But anyway, yeah, they kill him rape her, cut off her hands, cut out her tongue. It's wild. And then they, what's even worse is they joke about it. They then are like, you know, oh, go off and tell whoever you want about, oh, you know, who did this to you? Oh, wait, you've got no hands. You can't write it down and you've got no tongue. You can't speak, you know. And not only do they, then they take it a step further, which with reading it almost made me cry. They then say, if I was in your sad story state, I would hang myself. Oh, wait. You've got no hands to tie the noose. That was too far for me. I was oh, like, I, I can't. That's too far. <laughs> because yeah, that is not no. only doing the act. That, that was the breaking then, point. That was the humiliation after. That was like, I know what I've done is so bad that you would love to just kill yourself, but I've actually made it impossible for you to do so. And I'm going to laugh at you for that. That was that was psychopathic, you know? I, I feel like step one is still psychopathic. I mean, um, <laughs> I think everything that happened was psychopathic. Uh, yeah, so I mean, past it, that. It, it, no, but it was. Well, this, for, I don't know. This was like a big, powerful moment for me because it was, you know, it wasn't just committing like the violent action. It was yeah. almost like sociopathy on top of the psychopathy. You know, it was like, yeah, it's going gonna, to, it's adding, it's adding insult to injury. On, right? Yeah. Basically, it's adding basically. a level of intellect behind the brutality of the act that was done. You could, you know, uh, just mm-hmm. pass it off as they were brutes. They were just animals. Absolutely. 
but to actually put that further level of thought and uh, process and they had such a future as thought, swimmers yeah. they, they had such a future as uh, sports people or whatever yeah no that is i think very I think mean... dark <laughs> because it's true but no robert right. you make a good point it's not just a violent passionate moment it's like now we're actually going to joke about this afterwards like that is worse to me you know anyway the rip but no the version we watched was fantastic because she comes on with the hands cut off and marcus discovers what's going on and then marcus is torn that his uh yeah Tyler's brother his niece has been so they don't even they don't even necessarily know she's been raped at this point they just know she's been attacked and her tongue cut out and her hands cut off and so his sadness is essentially a boring 20, 30, 40 line monologue in the play, but they just did it so well when we actually watched it be performed. And the, the actress, as we said, was just fantastic. You really get the emotion and the sadness. So you can think, see the pain she's in. You can. Like yeah. how like it, it's just shocking pain. Like you can see her feel her hands are not there and it's it's rough. It's yeah. Rough. Yeah, no, she made an amazing performance on that coming out, and just the noises were, they were brutal, they cut to the bone, it was, yeah, there's no way to actually describe that. No, no. So now it, But they, it made you feel exactly what they wanted you to feel. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's such a good, they did such a good job. Anyway. So now they decide... This villainy was not enough. We need uh, villainy to the power of villainy. We need to blame Titus's own children for having done this. <laughs> so, so yeah, they lure him out. Basically, they lure them out. They have a fake for... note in a bag of gold, I think, to act as like evidence of a of a kind of conspiracy to kill her or whatever. And they boys fall in the pit. And this is the bit that they did in a funny way. Yeah, yeah. They see Bastianus there, but you have uh, just one woman acting out that whole scene. Just as several different characters <laughs> going back and forth. One's in the uh, pit, one's reaching down, you know, she's running back and forth. Very good. Yeah, no, she does a fantastic job. Can I ask, is that supposed to be that comical? Because the way she no. put, did it, no. I can't see any other way of doing it. One jumps <laughs> in after the other. No, no, it was like one was pulled in by accident. Or one, fell in yeah, by accident, one falls so. in, the other one tries to help him out and accidentally pulls him in. It's and meant to it's... be done seriously. Yeah. But they, I, they I will never be able to see comically. that scene seriously. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And then, uh, yeah, so the guys come around. They say, oh, what's happened here? Uh, the emperor and his, his goth queen. And they say, oh, look, this there's dead um, Bassanius in there. And there's your sons right on top of him in the pit. This is all the evidence we need. No further investigation is required. And Samara says a lovely line. How how wondrously easy murder is discovered, or something like that, and it's like, well, yeah, it is when you when you plot it that way and frame frame the people, like it's almost so unrealistic. It's like, yeah, we just find this dead body and the two killers just there sitting on it, waiting. Like, like, yeah, it would never be so easily discovered if it wasn't a <laughs> plot. Yeah, this is this is when Shakespeare does Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> it's like we're not going to ask any questions. It just it it's like that. <laughs> I'm yeah sure. how easily murder is discovered oh wondrous thing <laughs> so have we, then, have we then gotten to the hand that's act three so yeah yes. act, that, we've covered act two basically um it, it's mark marcus does a big sort of dial you know monologue when he sees lavinia ravished 
and that's the end of the act. But we should point out, Lavinia appeals to Tamara's womanhood, and she says, like, don't let them do this to me. I would sooner die. You would be a charitable murderess if you just kill me now. And she says, no, yeah. I'm not going to spoil my son's sport. And that's yeah. another layer of, like, oh, wow, there's not even, like, woman. And so <laughs> that's what makes her bad. Yes. Because she hadn't really done anything wrong until then. Like, it was Aaron and the boys. Yeah. Uh, we also skipped over a side detail, but she and Aaron also make love around this time, or a little bit before. And apparently pregnant at some point, which we never see. She miscellaneously gets pregnant very fast. <laughs> yes, and has a baby very fast. <laughs> yeah. So, I... Robert, is that how that works? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it works. They just three square meals a day, and... Um... A baby pops Nice up. and warm, and then a baby shows up. Yeah. So at three, we start with, I think like Marcus and Titus are talking, and this is the bit where Lavinia comes in and Marcus introduces, the, you know, he actually says, this is what used to be your daughter, which I thought was a little bit harsh. She's to poor mutilated Lavinia. Yeah. And he, you know, he's torn up by this. He says, even seeing a picture of this would... would break my heart and I have to look at yeah make him go blind thing, or, you know he even says like uh at the end of the play like uh he's gone blind from crying so much mm. he takes it really bad Lavinia is all over you know kissing her dad and everything and then just leaning against him and it just looks so sad the emotion comes out so well both written and acted I will say um but then what happens is Aaron basically says cool if one of you will give a symbol to the emperor and cut off your hand you can have your two sons back. So they argue about who's going to do it. They all want to make the sacrifice. Marcus says, you've already fought for your country. I've done nothing. Let me have a turn at doing something. Um, Marcus gets it easy in this play, I will say, compared to everybody else. And <laughs> Titus, yeah, Titus gets his hand cut off and sends it with uh, the messenger who comes back and says, there you go. There's your hand back. We didn't really want that. And your two sons, heads. Yep. I did like how they... He, uh, Titus, did trick the other two into, uh, you know, sending them away so that he could offer up his hand. Mm. He makes it look for an axe, but then he just uses a knife or something himself and does it while they're gone. Yeah. Mm. Mm. No, I quite like that level of trickery. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It is just a little bit, just extra violence. It's a shame that they, you know, I was not expecting that. Like, he. Could have mm. just given the sons back. But no, he had to actually cut off his hand for no reason and then still kill the two sons. That's too much. <laughs> I mean, the entire I mean, play is too much. <laughs> well, that's the thing. This is Shakespeare's first tragedy. So he maybe didn't know if, like, how much is too much. Some people say it is it is way too much. I think it's the right amount because I think, like, this is the type of play that all Shakespeare plays should try to be like in a way. Mm. Like, and it is an early play. Tragedy. I forgot that. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, a... Sorry, this was this was his first tragedy. First tragedy, yeah. So was his audience back in the day expecting this? <laughs> maybe not. No, uh... no. I don't think so. <laughs> so and... maybe they thought it was too much too. So he does dial it back in all of his other tragedies. Mm. But um yeah this one always holds a special <laughs> place in my heart. Yeah, I can wrap up Act 3 very quickly. There's a short second. So most of the action is all one long scene, 300 lines. There's just a very short second scene of about 70 or 80 lines um, where not much really happens. Marcus and Titus just talk. But at the end of the scene, 
Marcus kills the fly, and that's the other bit that was funny. Because yes, the girl because just the fly. Have a girl acting as oh. a fly who's holding a candle because that represents life in this play, and she's just kind of like hugging the wall, uh, and then fly, just kind of buzzes around. Fly on the wall, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like she also comes out to the front of the stage, stage center, and just says a fly, and then <laughs> goes around the room buzzing. Because they each introduce fantastic. their character when they walk on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't know. That scene, actually, uh, because I know a little bit about the play, um, I feel like such such an eejit coming onto the show, but uh, I had watched this play years ago with Anthony Hopkins. Um, Titus, yes, the movie. Titus, the movie. So that's my only other point of reference here. I thought that scene was supposed to be very, very racist. Yes, so I was about to say, they then mention, why did you kill a fly? It's so terrible. And he says, well, it was black yeah <laughs> and then it was all right but it, and i was kind of waiting for it but it kind of they didn't convey that at all it was still yeah. like the way anthony hopkins but... portrayed it it was very much like ah i see whereas in this play it was more yeah it was it was just it yes, wasn't it's to remind them of aaron the mirror right who's obviously black but yeah, you're right. They didn't really emphasize it necessarily. This this is the only scene of the whole play which I think could have just been cut, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's but this not is the scene also. Is it? The, well, this is the scene where um, Leviticus actually shows um, she's able to write on the floor and. Uh, oh yes, Lavinia writes on the floor. Yeah. They, like you said, um, Leviticus, the... <laughs> the book of the Bible. <laughs> Well, that's Have I gotten the up... name completely wrong? I'm terrible with names. That's Everybody coming knows. in a moment. And interestingly, they that's one of the that's the, after the ending. That's the second main thing that they they changed when we watched it. One thing I am questioning though: why did they have? Or why did Titus put his hand into Lavinia's mouth? Because that happens. It's like here, put this in your mouth, and it's like okay. Yeah, that, I don't even remember reading that in the play. Maybe they added that in, or maybe I missed it when I read it. That it was, was, a, it was a, at least in the one we watched, and I can't remember if it was do. in there. It very was very <laughs> weird. Yes. I'm like, okay, this is the part when she writes everything down using the hand in the mouth or something. Yeah. And I just, nope. Well, I think that's about to happen now in Act 4. So, Act 4, we initially open with the scene you guys mentioned where she explains what happened. She points out that she, Lavinia says that she was raped and gives the names of Demetrius and Chiron. And how does she do that? She writes it with the staff. The way that it's done in the written play is slightly different than what we saw. She takes out books to try to point to indicate what's happening. We don't see that. She just like holds up her hands to say two. Um, and then... It's charades, yes. Charades. Charades. Then Marcus actually writes with a staff and says, look, I can write without using my hands, just using parts of my arms. And then she copies him and... I think the version we saw was a bit didn't necessarily go into that much detail. They they cut it a bit, which is yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but she puts in her mouth, writes the staff, and they find out what happens. Karen Demetrius raped her. So that's that scene one basically. Um, now we have Karen Demetrius with Aaron, and in they're just chatting about what's going on. But in comes a nurse. And the nurse has a little black baby and she says, you must christen this with thy dagger's point. Um, because Tamara, you know, has given birth to a black baby and obviously she's the empress and 
white. So she can't do that. This is a problem. Well, she cheated, right? So she betrayed her husband. This is a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he doesn't want to kill the baby. So they devise another plan. Uh, kill the nurse. <laughs> She's yep. the only person who knew, who knows. And also the midwife. Well, but he says, send the, the midwife mid- to me. <laughs> he says, kills the nurse. Says, someone go fetch the midwife. And, and that was the comedic moment in the play. It's just kind of like, uh, the woman comes out, says, I'm the midwife. Bonk. And she's yeah. Like, and that was added in. That doesn't actually happen in the written play at all. They just added oh, that in. Oh, wonderful. It's, okay. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they kill, the, they kill her and they decide, I'm going to let the baby stay. What will we do? Go to like this other family, give them a lot of money, take their baby, give it to the empress, say, look, your baby's going to do really well. It's going to be heir to the throne. You're happy. You got some money. You're, he's happy. Everyone's happy. And I get to keep my, my little baby. So that's fine. And yeah, there's, look, let's, let's be honest. There's a few shades of racism every time they mention the black baby and, and the mirror and things. Yeah. We just have to accept and that in, in this time period. Around this time, or even just before this, uh, they send out uh, Titus' son to basically go join the Goths and get them to rally. And Yeah. I don't know if I've skipped that or if it's either I just happened previous... or... Just coming up. Yeah, they send out um, one of the sons. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, Lucius has been exiled. It just happened. And they send Lucius out because they basically say, you've been exiled, so off you go to the Goths and try and raise them up. Even though their queen is now the empress, I thought they would have liked that. But go out to the Goths. And he's... Uh, it sounds like she betrayed them or something at I this guess. point. So that's fine. And Marcus actually says, don't you realize that you know Rome is actually a terrible place and you've been... you're privileged to be exiled. I feel so bad for Titus. I mean, he gave 40 years of service and he comes home and just has all this happen to him for his reward. It's almost an accidental metaphor for like, don't give all this loyalty your entire life to anything, like to your state, to a company, to whatever, because no one really appreciates does, it at the end of it all. He does still keep his, um, I guess, class. I suppose. Hmm. Like, he, he's treated very well. He's still revered, part. yeah. Yeah, he's revered. Um, like, he still has, like, the Emperor's ear at times if he needs. Like, we don't really see that, but we we see that um, he's still an important person within this. Uh, he is, yeah. State. It's just a shame that he's getting all these punishments, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, it's not well, really punishment from, like, a company, for example. But I, I feel like Rome was just a invented bureaucracy you know <laughs> it's just like from I, the system you know i mean titus did start it all he like did. he started one thing that created a chain of uh, events and now you have thoughts so, on that <laughs> well <laughs> just from this conversation just god <laughs> no continue please i'm joking no no you scared me back in the bank. right so moving on to act five. Oh. But yeah, that is, that is actually... No, so one other important thing happens in Act 4. But before I get to it, I will just mention, we we see it here and a little bit later, Aaron is depicted as the ultimate villain. Like, he'll literally come out and be like, what villainy can I get up to today? Like, he's purely admitting that the things he's doing are bad. Yes. And I would do 10,000 more villainous things if I could. And I have no... Don't feel bad for anything, you know? So he says that stuff. And then we have the only good clown in all of Shakespeare. <laughs> you didn't mind uh, the one in Much Ado, but yes, that's, that's true. This but this clown, one is this clown good because he's only there for like one scene. He has some pigeons, who, like, of course, it's played by the same woman who's played every of other course. part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and 
she makes the like pigeon sounds and she's just a messenger. That's really yeah, it. Yeah, so Titus and Marcus are shooting arrows with like notes on like them. Messages to the, Roman to the gods. gods and all that. Yeah. Right. So then um, they see this messenger and like, oh, it's a response is from the gods. And he's like, uh, no, I'm just got some pigeons. And, they, uh, and then they're kind of mean to him though, for no reason. They're just like, well, why don't you take this right. note with this knife in it to the emperor? So he just does. And he's like, so there's this note. And they're like, cool, off you go to behind. <laughs> he's like, how much are you paying me? Like, nah, no, sir, you're going to be hanged. And he just looks at this beautiful empress and says, well, I could have brought up my neck to worse things. And he just goes with them. Yeah. And it's fantastic. He says, by your lady, then I've brought up my neck to a fair end. Yeah, she's a beautiful lady. She's going to hang you. Go. I, I, I had no like idea. Die, yeah. What was the relevance of any of that? What was, like, what it was, was the point? I, I loved both I think it was to, of the clown, but... It was to invite the emperor to the meal. Later, or maybe not. Oh, was that meal, but... Yeah, I mean, it is kind of pointless at the end of the day, but it's still. The... I, I'm going to allow it because it's the only time I've really loved a climb. <laughs> well, the invitation might be later, so I don't really know. I think it was doing nothing, to be honest. Yeah, maybe, maybe it could have been cut, but I actually think it added comic. This is Shakespeare trying to add comic relief to a very heavy play before the closing act. You know, it's like the bridge in a song before the final crescendo or whatever. So we go to so act- rape and murder. Yeah, rape and murder. Um, the two the two sons act as rape and murder, and Tamara herself acts as um revenge. And they go mm. and pre- they pretend to be personifications of these things to Titus, who's also pretending to be crazy and believe them, but he does not. Um, the only interesting things is young Lucius is running about a little bit here in the play that we didn't really see, and a character called Amelius is it another nobleman who just says like two lines. I think they cut them from our version because they do nothing, and I think that was that was fine. Um, but yeah, so we have this um, part where we said in Act Five with the uh, they're trying to persuade him of what they are. Revenge goes out, and they're like, and he's like, yeah. So I realize that you're not really rape and murder. You are literally the two sons of Tamara, Tamara. Yeah, and who yeah. raped my daughter. So yeah, stay here, and uh, you're going to be bound daughter come uh get this like vase or pot or whatever and uh slit their throats she them uses out. the stumps of her cut off hands to hold the basin that catches the blood from the slit throats of her assaulters like it's just insane yes. Yes. it's too much and then cartman makes his chili <laughs> and a song about mrs rabbit um but all this together- is the this is the only part that I have a criticism actually from the production that I saw. Why did they have a blender for this particular scene? Yeah. Uh, because they had a to... blender on a battery and it was just kind of a bit mo- like, it, again, it stuck it was out all... weird, but yeah, because they have candles representing lives, they were showing, of course, like that you were taking the bodies and grinding them up to be put into a meat pie. Yeah, so, so they take but, a leaf, leaf out of Zeus's book and they like, kill the then, two yeah. kids and they serve them to their mother to eat in a pie and they just blend them on stage to show that in some way. Yeah, but it was still a blender. Like, there's plenty of other artistic licenses. It was the one criticism I have. It was just like, there's a blender. And they had to get part of the suspension center of disbelief. Like they put a lot of effort into that blender, I feel like. And it, it, it did, yeah, it did take me out of it. It was battery operated. No, it had a cable. 
No, did it? Yeah, I yeah. It was battery operated. Oh, I yeah. couldn't see it from where I was. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I've just assumed it was a cable then. I feel like they're they had to get power to it. Oh, maybe because they pushed it on that trolley. I thought there was a cable. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This is the least important part of the entire play. <laughs> Whether not or not it had wasn't a, a cable. But and we now, are now Act Five, Scene Three. We're on the final scene. Did you reread this? I did. Yeah, Robert, I thought, did you? I, no, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'd suggested Alex reread it just because this see this is the only big change they made. This and is the, the big change, and I do not agree with it. Oh, yep. I thought this was going to be the first time we actually agreed on everything in a Shakespeare. I think they changed. We're very it for close the, for the better. I do not like so in the version we saw, everybody dies except for like Aaron, maybe, and the baby. Yes, literally Aaron and the baby are the only ones that live. In this one, Aaron, uh, in the actual play, Aaron is taken away to be buried waist high and not fed. Anyone who feeds him will then uh, also be put to death. Uh, So Aaron is being taken care of because he did terrible things. Um, As Titus is feeding Tamara and everyone, her sons, um, he tells them, well, he tells uh, Saturninus, like, so was this guy right for killing his daughter after she was raped? And he's like, yeah. He's like, okay. Kills Lavinia. Like, why does he kill it? Is he putting her out of her misery? Like that? I, I feel like that's what it that. is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, my interpretation of that scene was so grotesque. Um, what was, what was the actual exact line? It was to put her out of her misery and to remove the shame. Yes, it's a lot of that. Yeah, it's the, the, it's, the, it's the stain of like against was... her family name and that kind of stuff. You know, it. Uh, I feel should, like it uh, was she saving say... face a little bit, which is horrible, like right? A tradition, yeah, yeah. But but it and... feels like it fits um, the time period that it's supposed to be based in. And stuff. It, it also fits how Titus acts towards yeah. the emperor because he's still being very subservient towards the emperor, even when the emperor has been against him. You know, so now mm-hmm. he says, "I should kill my daughter." Okay. And then they kind of say, but also, what about the guys who did it? They should be caught. And he's like, oh, well, that's fine. They're already caught and killed and eaten in this pie that you're eating. <laughs> and then yep. Tamora's like eating her own son. So she's horrified. In the version we saw, he even picks up the food and like stuffs it in her face. Yeah. yeah and that's pretty good. Then and then he they all just, her. the three of the, he kills her. Saturninus gets up and kills him. They all just kill each other. I was sad yep. to see Titus die. I did, I did want to hear it live. And then Titus's brother then kills Saturninus. Mm. And the, when I was reading a bit of a summary of it, like people going over what it meant, I thought it was really good because all the revenge is stopped here. There's no more cycle of revenge. So I think that's really good. But mm. in the version we saw, Titus's brother also dies. There's no reason for that to happen. Titus's son, other son also dies. There's no need for that to happen. Yeah. So I don't like that, like the brother who's the best person morally in this play also gets killed for no Lucius and Marcus. Reason. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they just kind of ran in and it got a bit erratic in the final minute or two and just like knives everywhere, everyone's dead. But That's I thought what I don't like it annoyed yeah. me because I was like, oh my god, the good guy's dead, the bad guy's won. I'm annoyed, but in a good way. And like they've done this in a good way to make me annoyed, you know? And when all the candles go out and there's just the one candle left and it's just Aaron with the baby, you know, I thought that was very powerful. I thought it was a very epic conclusion. So I did like it. Um, but yeah, reading it, that's not what happens. Marcus stays alive. Some other like messenger comes in and they say, okay, we're going to... Lucius is actually proclaimed emperor, I believe. And then they yep. he says, we're going to we're gonna kill Aaron. Because he has the power of 
the goth army and um i believe they even sack rome maybe i'm not sure does the baby still live though yeah i baby still lives i think in the play they don't mention mention the baby again but yeah yeah, the version we watched babies Sorry, within the play, the baby is the smallest candle. Yeah, but we're saying in the no, written in play... in the version we watched, not the, what uh, was written. In the written play, oh, they sorry. kill the dad. We're just not sure if they also kill the baby. It's not mentioned. Because at one point, Lucius was going to hang the baby to death in front of its dad, which I thought was just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Because the no done nothing wrong. reason for that. Um, but then they don't. Because he gives them some information and boasts about it. And says, here's what I've done. And just the whole time just boasts about it on how he did great villainy and would do it again and wishes he had done more and, and like digs up corpses in the grave and just does horrible things. And he's just depicted as an absolute monster and to his dying breath, loves it. It's kind of ridiculous. And is that a comment on what Shakespeare thought Rome was like? Is it a comment on what he thought black people were like? I don't know. But I mean, he doesn't do much better with Othello. A little bit better, but not A little bit, yeah. But I think that altogether, it ended well. The version we watched closed then with a song where they do mention the sack of Rome. But I didn't get that from reading it. But they they mentioned Rome will burn. And then the last word is good. Because... Might be confounding the two. Mm. Which is easy to do. The Christian world thought Rome was just a... It was Babylon essentially, right? It was the it was this horrible, decadent place that needed to burn to like usher in the Christian world. So, you know, they didn't like it very much. I like Rome. <laughs> Final thoughts, guys. I really loved it. I think it moved up a little bit in your in your rankings, right? Yeah, yeah. I had I had it ranked six because it did have a lot of people against it before, but yeah, I'd probably put it up near number two now. Thinking it comes for me, it comes right after Othello and I. It comes right after Hamlet for me, right before King Lear. Othello is number four now, basically. Oh, poor Othello. I mean, I, I definitely it. recommend it. I don't have a ranking for it at all, but <laughs> I but mean, you liked you, it. You really, yeah. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, no, I thought the production that we saw was astounding, phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, we all left thinking. That was very, you know, because sometimes you can leave these things. I mean, and yeah, like, oh, yeah that was all right, you know. But we all left, kind of been like, this was fantastic. We are very glad we came to this. This is very powerful, and we loved yeah, it. Yeah, we so. were gushing about it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, if they had just had better costumes, I would have been happier. It's the only um, real flaw, but you don't really see any any play go to now doesn't have like period costumes. Even Romeo and Juliet doesn't even have to be like period costumes. costumes. It's just like a costume mm. <laughs> because mm. the jumpsuits they didn't they had different colors and usually what you do is you'll have the colors represent something like uh so you'll have maybe this family be all in green this family be all yeah. in red but the issue was that. they just there was no color coding to it so there wasn't really a point mm. and i didn't understand why they had everyone's hair braided the exact same way even the band so there was a live band doing like those a. Uh... A harpsichord and a cello and something else. I think I do. I do want to shout them out because they were actually really, really good. Because uh, normally you'll have a soundscape where you put together sounds just for background noise, and it's done through speakers. But they did it all live. So there was one person with basically yeah, a mortar and pestle, just kind of going around it, creating like a grinding sound. You wouldn't have noticed if you weren't looking for it. Yeah. Um, but it it gave it an extra bit of um, uh, atmosphere, which I really appreciate. Yeah, an eerie atmosphere, yeah. 
that I thought was fantastic. And the cold candlelit place that you're in as well is lovely. These big candelabras everywhere. I thought it was fantastic. My only criticism is I like that they use the candles to represent the lives. And when you walk in, you've got a candle. And then if you die, your candle gets extinguished or cut. I just, I did want a bit more props for that one scene where he throws back his hand and he says, here are the heads of your two sons. And he throws them off a balcony and just throws like two candle stumps. I just maybe some prop heads that one time would have been cool. Yeah, even like some fake blood would have been all right. Like I was waiting for Lavinia to like uh, spit up some fake blood. Yeah, I think but, sometimes you know, your imagination could be much more daunting than the actual reality. If they actually threw out two heads, it would have been like, oh, there's two heads. It's grand. Mm-hmm. Um, I did actually really appreciate the two stumps being thrown out. Um, because it was it was nearly like a statement on the value of life that it's actually you know the two heads were only about worth two candle stumps. I, I don't know. That's just me. Mm. My take on it. Okay, that's fair. I think that we're done. I think we got it. I'm really hesitant to say have a Shakespearean day. I do not want anyone to have a day like this. This was really <laughs> quite horrible. <laughs> if you must be like anyone from the play, be like. Lucius, I guess. Yeah. Become yeah. emperor at the end. <laughs> Fair enough. Have a Lucian day. 